Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open, Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up. Hey, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. Daddy, this is episode number... 45. 45, baby. 45. We've done this 44 times. We're going, this is 45. This is the 45th. 45. I am Monique. And I am Sydney. Oh, baby, and today's show, listen here, we don't know how it's going to go, how it's going to flow, but we're going to talk about it during today's show. I heard that. Did you speak? Go ahead. You see me bust that? Yeah, I saw you bust it. So... This is today's topic. Daddy, do you want to drop the topic? Go ahead, baby. Today's topic is, are you going to die lonely? Let that sit in for a second. Are you going to die lonely? Are you? And how did we come up with this one, Daddy? We were having a conversation regarding relationships mm-hmm. and that oftentimes what we're looking at today is in relationships. We hear about empowerment and things of that nature, and it's great to be empowered, but sometimes folks get so empowered that they look to be empowered, and that oftentimes doesn't work well in relationships. And then we spoke in reference to the irony of knowing people that are now 70 years old that don't know what it is to have ever been in a real relationship and or married and they've lived their life in a lonely manner and when you interact with them there's a level of coldness that seemingly exists and we only hypothesize due to the fact that when you lonely there's a level of bitterness sometimes come on and that bitterness sometimes is part of the reason why you lonely. So you folks out there and you 40s, 50s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and everybody, like, why you don't have nobody? Ask yourself, why don't I have anyone? Are you a bitter bitch? Like, are you that bitter person that can't seem to allow anyone in your space long enough that you can have a long-standing relationship, that you can say, this is to the end, this is for a lifetime. And let me say this too, Daddy, because to say, are you going to die lonely? There are people that are in relationships, but they're still going to die lonely. Mm -hmm. And I'll speak for my situation. I know with my mom and dad, and my dad died not too long ago. But I really believe my dad died a very lonely man because just listening to how he and my mom communicated, Mm -hmm. it just seemed like it was such an irritation 
you know, it was it was a bother to to deal with one another. And they was married for over 50 years. And that's not something that's, that just started happening. That's something that I've always seen. And when you look back in hindsight as a child, you don't really know what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. You just see that, you know, something ain't right, but okay, I'm a kid. But now that I'm almost 50 years old and I'm married myself, it's like, wow, as a kid, I watched two people be... I don't want to say unhappy with each other. I'll say content and and not the happiest they could have been. So it was always a feeling of when they spoke of each other or spoke to each other, most times it was almost an irritation. You know what I'm saying? And not a, 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 a conversation of admiration or motivation or inspiration. So when my dad did die not too long ago, it almost felt like, Wow, how lonely and how long has this man been lonely, even with a family? Mm-hmm. It was almost a spirit of still loneliness. So that's something for us to really think about. Are you going to die lonely? Are you just turning to look at me like Baby, that? I'm going to turn and look at you like that. I'm going to bust it up on you. And I guess when we were discussing it as well, just thinking about the reasons why People go through what they go through in terms of loneliness, and I think a large part of it has to be with there's a fear of the vulnerability that you will experience in order to make a relationship work. Um, There's a level of sacrifice and a level of compromise, not necessarily the compromising of your values, but the compromise in terms of this is my side of the bed, I would like to watch this program, I can live with the toilet seat being up. This is not going to be a trip, a level of compromise. And when whether men or women, because I've heard both sides say, <laughs> and, I, and, we knew, <laughs> and I'm laughing because, you know, someone said as long as I got the Lord, I'm not going to be lonely. It's like that's beautiful. <laughs> but for the individuals that actually like someone physically there, you know, and wants them to be next to them, you know, because, again, there's a lot of people out here loving the Lord to a degree when you say the Lord is your man. Then he out here two-timing, three-timing, 15, <laughs> 20, 20 million times. Okay, well, listen now. So and Edith. It, it's, it's one of those things. Not, <laughs> and not, Yeah, right. It's one of those things where um, people are considerate of the, the other person and willing to engage and have the conversation necessary to find out what's going to work for them as a team. And you keep things inside. So you can live a secret for 20, 30 years, never really knowing what that person wanted because they didn't want to offend you by sharing it. So, you know, due to trust issues that we have, fears of being vulnerability, these are things that can keep us alone. Not to mention if you have those people that say, I just don't like people. (laughs) I don't like them. I like my dog, but I don't like people. But have those people ever taken consideration? People don't like them. And neither do the dog. And neither does the dog. And damn. So these are part of the reasons why you can be by yourself and be lonely and or be with someone and still be lonely. And don't be afraid to have the conversation. Like, don't be afraid to have the conversation. I think oftentimes... In friendships with strangers, in marriages with strangers, 
parent to child, your strangers, because you get too afraid to say what's real. Like you get too afraid. I remember one time visiting my parents and it was an awkward moment because we were sitting there and I'm talking to these people that I've known all my life, but almost feel like I don't know them at all. And I'm saying, y'all, we have to have open and honest communication. So my mother began to talk as if my father wasn't sitting at the table. He wasn't. So my mother said, well, how do you have open and honest communication when the person you're trying to talk to, they don't have nothing to say back? Well, then my father looks at me and says, well, then sometimes shit. You just don't want to say nothing. Well, but y'all been married for 50 years. So why aren't y'all communicating with each other? Mm-hmm. So you look at these people and you say, though you've been married for 50 years, have you been lonely for 50 years? Like, have you been in this by yourself for 50 years? And we fail to realize, too, that those individuals that walk around as if something is wrong with them, that something may be wrong with them, <laughs> meaning, you know, with all their dislikes, part of the dislikes is the disgruntledness that they have for themselves and their mm. ways and have not thought about it in that way where they've said it aloud because when you say it aloud, now you've got to do something about it. But when you keep it inside, it's this hidden uh, X factor that's not being discussed and you just seem to be annoyed with everyone and everything, but the real annoyance comes from inside. And that's due to not taking the time to know you to know what you stand for, to know what you won't stand for. That's why one of the greatest things that can happen is a relationship that's not so good because they one would say, well, how can that be good? Because then the next relationship that you may be involved in, you've gotten a great deal of insight and information as to what you can and what you will not accept in another relationship. You know, oftentimes you'll hear people say, especially women, I've heard them say, I don't need nobody. I don't need nobody. And I'm like, listen, we've been so conditioned to now believe that. I don't need nobody. I can do it on my own. Listen, so that I'm clear, I need, I need, I'm needy as shit. I need my husband. I need my children. I need my friends. I need my... I, I need that. I need that audience that I stand in front of week in and week in out. I need that. So when we build up in our mind, sisters, that, oh, I don't need that because I got a good job and I got my own place and I got my own car, can't none of that shit lay down with you. That's a, de- that's a defense mechanism, though. It, it's a defense mechanism. It's, it's what women or what some people convince themselves of, that they don't need anybody because they are self-sufficient and they are independent. So it becomes uh, it becomes a defense mechanism. Like if things just don't work out, well, forget it. I don't need nobody. You know what I mean? It's the thing that they run to. But in being honest and looking in the mirror, you're like, well, where is everybody? Can somebody answer the phone? Somebody answer the phone. Can I come over to your house and have dinner for a No one's while? calling me back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a defense mechanism, and it's what we convince it's what we convince ourselves of. And unfortunately, what happens is it begins to show. It becomes it becomes a shield, and it keeps people from approaching. You yes. know what I mean? That that whole defense mechanism, because you've convinced yourself that you don't. Well, people look at you like, well, you look like you're doing fine to me, bitch. Go on mm-hmm. with yourself, with your independent self. And 
it takes a strong and even stronger person to admit, well, I do, I need somebody to do something for me, even even if it is the company of girlfriends or, you know what I'm saying, when there's not a significant other in the picture, the company of girlfriends, the comfort of family members, the comfort of um, sitting at the bar, keeping company with someone else, having conversation, adult conversation, stimulating conversation. So I think it, it, it takes an even stronger person to admit that and say, well, listen, I do. Maybe I don't need you to pay my bills, but maybe I don't need you to feed me. Or maybe I don't. But I do need you in a human capacity to make me smile once in a while. Or, and, and it could be anybody. It could be friends. It could be family. It could be a coworker. It could be anything. But you do need that human interaction. Yes. You know, to keep us going. And I also wanted to say that... Um, I think that lonely is a state of mind. Mm-hmm. It, it's a state of mind, mm-hmm. just like just like happy can be, just like um, peaceful can be. It's a state of mind, and it's a thing that we convince ourselves of, and we wear that too, you know. So it it takes a strong person to admit that, you know. I'm am I saying this out loud, and to step away from it to wear something else. You know, I I, I think too because this one sister just wrote. Um, that she really loves her husband and she's grateful for her husband. And I think, it, and somebody just also said, I don't mean to get off topic, but the movie was everything. Okay. So now I'm going to bring the two of them together. If you really paid attention to that movie and you watch Gabrielle Union's character, Rachel, she was that typical woman, don't need nothing, don't help me do nothing, I can do it by myself, but you catching a Greyhound bus because you don't have money to get tigers on your car. Mm-hmm. And your brother has said... I'll take care of it. You got a man saying, let me carry your suitcase up the steps because you're struggling. No, I don't need it. And you see us like that and you say, well, damn, now you're in your 40s and you got that mentality. Now you're in your 50s and you got that mentality. So at what point do you say, let me drop this off Mm -hmm. or do you go as we know some women that are in their 70s, 80s, and they're by themselves? And you're saying, when you take them last breaths, baby, are you okay with taking it by yourself? Because you've built up such this this wall to say, I'm good. Well, and, and you know what else? There's a, there's a flip side to that for me, too, because I think that I've spent so much time with people in my space that to have a second to breathe without people in my space. I have lived with someone or had to take care of someone since I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And the moment or the opportunity that I had to just step away from it all and breathe and refamiliarize myself with myself, I took advantage of that, you know. But getting through that is the realization that I do need other people around me and in my space and in my circle and in my ear and and at my fingertips not always sitting in my face, not always right up on me or anything like that because I did, I, I had to think for other people all the time and not so much for myself. Like, I didn't even know what I actually liked because so much of me was consumed with what everybody else liked. And, and, and to that note, it's like that wouldn't be what we would say applicable in this situation because that's you finding that moment for yourself. Right. Whereas those individuals who are saying, I would like 
to enjoy the company of others, but I have a tough time doing it. Mm -hmm. And I've got to figure out why. And I happen to have been married to this person for the last 10, 15, 20 years, and I have a problem interacting with them. So what is the reason for that? And then when we look at ourselves and then also look at the individual that we're dealing with as well, because oftentimes I hear with people talking, they will speak about what the person does for them, how that person makes them feel. But I don't hear the, the same quickness to speak about it makes me feel good to do something for them. Mm. It makes me feel good to talk to them. It mm-hmm. makes me feel good to to do something nice for them. We often hear about how we enjoy what they do for us because in a way it almost is our way of conveying to others how this person treats us and this is why we do what we do as opposed to the symbiotic relationship of how we treat each other and the discussion of how do we treat one another. And it's interesting because oftentimes when we're out and about, the younger folks will say, hey, you make sure you treat Monique good because they know Monique. But the older folks will say, y'all make sure y'all keep treating each other well. Yes. And they understand that the real relationship comes about through a mutual connection because one person doing it, it's not going to work. Because at some point, the other person is going to say, I would like to have reciprocated what I'm giving to you. And if you really enjoy the person, it's kind of like being intimate with uh, an individual. You don't have to say, well, I need you to pleasure me too some motherfucking time. I'm gonna need you to lick on me too now because I'm sick of this. That you 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 keep getting licked on, but you you ain't doing. You're excited about the lick me mutu- back about the mutual gratification, and it comes without you saying anything. It's almost a fight for the licks. Who's gonna pleasure uh-huh. each other? You understand? But it's like at Tiffany JJ say, I don't need no man. Well, do you need a woman, baby? <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with you saying, I don't need a man. But are you against having a companion or someone in your life that you can share your life with? Because there's some people that they're just meant to be solo. And if they're enjoying life on a solo tip, ain't nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. However... For those that say it, (laughs) you understand, it's a difference between saying it and it's a difference between really being able to enjoy what you're saying when you're alone. And oftentimes people are conveying, oh, my God, they see the hoarders on TV and they'd be like, how in the world can they live like that? And you'd be like, Doreen. Bitch, I've been at your house. You are a hoarder. Did you know that you was being scheduled for the next episode? Okay. Oh, so, oh no. No. <laughs> no. no. Right. You a hoarder and a whore. Okay. Well, wait a minute. Well, she don't okay. need nobody. So she <laughs> That's, That's why no one's coming over here, Doreen. No one. You a hoarder and whore. A no. hoarder and whore. 
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. We oftentimes as people will say something that sounds grand in front of others, but then we got to live privately with the results. And if the camera's on us, the look on our face is not as grand as it was when we were in public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, baby, and, and as we see a lot of the comments, because oftentimes we go back to, and as I'm reading, I'm assuming they're from women, I don't need no man, I have God. I don't need nobody, I have God. And I think, too, when we speak about religion and Christianity, that's one thing, too, that has poisoned us. We're saying, don't put your trust in no man. Well, wait a minute. But we're made in his image. Right. So are you so, telling me don't trust my husband, don't trust my family, don't trust my friends, don't put your trust in no man. And for the sisters that are out there and you feel that way, listen, I'm going to say this as a woman that is almost 50 years old. Your body needs a man. Your body needs or a woman, your body needs that. You're, you're, you're the makeup of who you are, you need that because I've met some bitter bitches at jobs I've had and they've not had and been with no one in a long time. And it hurts them to say good morning. It hurts them to say good night. It hurts them to say, girl, how you feeling? When you see a bitch who's getting it on a regular basis, she coming to work skipping, don't she? <laughs> good morning, sugar. <laughs> Listen, I had some extra leftover pie. And I bought y'all a couple slices up Come here on. on the job. You know what, baby? Earl brought home some extra sangria. And I wanted to bring y'all a little bit in this plastic container because you can tell. So it's like I hear you, sister, saying that. Right, but see, Barbara gets you five because you ain't supposed to be drinking, drinking that on the work. job. Okay. But that's okay. But she, but she that's feeling how good. She, she feeling good. She feeling good. Right, she feeling good. That's and they right. know let Barbara have a little sip because if not, she'll jump shit off up Wait in here. Wait a minute now. So you got to watch Barbara. I but thought they were fucking good was treating her right. Now she's going to be jumping off on people because she can't get a drink on. Barbara. Don't but say I, 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 I would love for us as just sisters to... Get out of that space of because I can pay my own bills, because I can pay. Let me tell you something. When you get with someone, may it be a man or a woman, y'all a team. Mm-hmm. So now they're y'all bills. It's y'all's. It's, it's, it's ours. And even when we get in the space of are you going to die lonely? See, I know women that's in relationships, but she got her own bank account. He got his own bank account. She got her group of friends. He got his. Everything is separate. So at what point do you ever come together? At what point do you ever say, this is my teammate and this is ours? Yeah, I could pay my own bills, but now me and my man together and we paying our bills. It's our thing. And But in addition to that, there's a higher consciousness of thinking that comes with it just beyond bills, just beyond things. Yes. It's like a union of spirits that are saying, listen, as long as you and I are together, we good. There's a world out there that is determined to make us down, not because it's us personally, but there are those out there that think in order for them to win, you have to lose. Mm. So knowing that before you even step out the door, you're energized if you're utilizing your teammate properly because they become your energy source and you are theirs and both of you are energized together so that bills, it goes without saying. It's like you got money laying, we got money laying there. It's like what you need, take, get what you need. We ain't looking at, like, 
people you see on simple stuff like they may be eating something and the other person really is mad because they wanted some of their food. And it's like, <laughs> what the hell is wrong well, with you? If that was you. Oh, please. It's like, <laughs> please. Maybe I'm digging at it. Right. It could be anybody. Anybody. Don't y'all do anybody. I don't do okay, anybody. anybody. She but, shares everybody. But things. I know you have those friends, those couples that they get mad at each other over the most petty of things. Yes. You'd be like, wait a minute, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, that my joy was rolled up, okay? Yes. And now she doesn't smoke my shit. Wait a minute, what's going on? You're putting your name I, on things in the refrigerator. Come putting on. your name on things on or the refrigerator and y'all couple. Refrigerator. Y'all couple. Well, wait a minute, Daddy. Remember, we, we looked at this house mm -hmm. just to show you how separated people are. We looked at this house in the master suite. There wasn't like two sinks and two toilets. There were two goddamn bathrooms all together. Ba I was like, one had, I was like, oh, daddy, look, this is really nice. He said, well, come here. <laughs> that was a whole number. I'm like, well, these niggas didn't like each other. Wow. Like a whole nother bathroom. And you say, those will be the people that when you are taking those last breaths and you're holding that person's hands, are you looking in the eyes of a stranger? Miss Epjohn, I'm sorry, baby. Uh -uh, say it, Daddy. She said, but her mama told her you never let the left hand know what the right hand is doing just in case. And the thing about it is, how can you commit thoroughly to a relationship when you're planning on an exit strategy? Yeah. Talk about it. When you have an exit strategy more in line than you do the time that you've taken to commit to your relationship— mm -hmm. That's saying that you believe your relationship is going to fail. So it's one of those things where it's not like you can't, it can't fail and you invested everything in it. But the beautiful thing of investing everything in your relationship, that if it does fail, you know, you've invested everything in the relationship. There is no stone unturned you did it and you can walk away from valerie and valerie can walk away from you dante and everything is still gonna be cool we're gonna raise these kids together okay we're gonna raise danita and jeffrey together we're gonna do that but we can't stay together no more because bitch i'm tired of this shit that we've been going through but we've turned over every stone that we could possibly and and that's what it is and when you've done that mutually, it doesn't allow you to walk away angrily. It allows you to walk away peacefully because you both feel as if you exhausted it. And it really becomes, it ain't you, it ain't me, it's just us. We don't work like that. And that can happen. It can happen. It can happen. But when you going in thinking... I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> when you go in thinking... Hey, I right. got a I got a plan for a rainy day. Yes, it, it's it's almost like, well, how is today? It's sunny, but I'm planning for a rainy <laughs> yes. day. 
it's like, do you think that today could be even sunnier if you weren't planning for a rainy day and you were planning for the sunshine? Yes. This is not to say that you shouldn't have extra bottles of water around in case there's a tornado watch and you can't go out. You're supposed to have waters there and extra food for the family. That's planning for a rainy day. But how to live without Johnny and Johnny got to learn to live without you. That's the plan. But you know what, Daddy? And that is the plan. And I've also been told, don't you ever love a man more than that man loves you. You make sure you get with a man that loves you more. And you looking and you saying, well, what you're telling me is that I'll never really be in love. Because if I'm waiting for him to love me more and I'm not reciprocated, then I'm never really going to experience what it is to be in love. And the woman that it came from, she never experienced what it really was to be in love because she had a hard time trusting a man. So it's like, nah, baby, you don't never, you don't never give no man all of you. I tell you what, bitch, you hold on to that advice because I do want to give him all of me. And I just want to address something really quick because I think this affects a lot of women, too. One sister just wrote, my mother has never lived a happy life based off a religion. And she's lived a very lonely and sad life based off of religion. And so many of us are on that boat, too, where we think that everything is a sin, everything is wrong, it's worldly, it's bad. It's like, listen, they put those things down there to feel good for a reason. If it wasn't supposed to feel good, it wouldn't have been made to feel good. But it was made to feel good for a reason. And then you shut yourself down based off of, well, it's a sin to God. Is it? And that boss lady, Capone, she had stated something along the lines of, uh, I don't know. I may be lonely because I don't know if there's a man that can handle me. <laughs> and the, 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 the question <laughs> The question, Get it, the question that you that, that you that you ask is, are you trying to be handled? Mm, right. Are you trying to be handled? Because if you're not trying to be handled, then there's no man that can handle you. But you, there's a level of saying, "Listen, I want this to happen." There's a uh, this thing called submission that both parties have to take and play a part in submitting to their vulnerabilities and saying, I'm going to share this life with you. I'm going to share this moment with you. I'm going to share the truth with you. I'm going to share the real with you. I'm going to share with you, not I'm going to take this from you. And when it stops, then I got to go. It's we're going to share our life together. So if you're bold enough to be handled, then I believe that there's a brother or whatever it is you went to that's out there to handle you because you are allowing yourself to be handled. And that's the other poison we've been sold. Can nobody handle me? Well, bitch, are you a monster? Are you a, a three-eyed something? Well, like, she might have a 12-inch penis. Well, and she nobody might, can Daddy, handle and, her. Okay, then you got to say the whole goddamn story. Okay. But to put it out there, can't no man handle me? It's like, well, listen, as my daddy said, if that's what you bought into, then you're right. But you can't handle you to even believe that can't no man handle you. And why have you become such a warrior that can't nobody handle you? Because of what you have in your bank account? Because you got your own house? Because you got your own car? Again, baby, that's stuff. And me and Tommy were having a conversation this morning. And you say, ask yourself, when you get to those last moments, what memories do you want? 
Do you want the memories of the day you got your promotion? Or do you want the memories of the day you meant the love of your life? Do you want the memories of today the they called you up for a trophy? Or do you want the memories of when y'all first said y'all were pregnant? Do you want the memories of, oh, I got a $10,000 bonus from my job? Or, oh, my God, our babies are here. Or our babies got, what memories do you want? So that you, that's totally up to you. So when y'all are coming back with, I don't need no man, <clears throat> I don't need nobody, I'm saving for a rainy day, keep in mind what memories do you want when that last day come. May it be an hour from now, may it be a hundred years from now, but what memories do you want to hold on to? And for the tough sisters and brothers that say, I don't need nobody, keep in mind when that moment comes. You have to say to yourself, I said I don't need nobody. And my attitude reflected that I didn't need nobody. Well, now I'm here. And all of those people remember you saying you don't need nobody. So we're going to let you go ahead and go to your next journey with nobody but your goddamn self because that's what you asked for. So I think those are things that we really should consider when we speak it. And, And this is coming from somebody that is hardcore hip hop, okay? okay? Monique is hardcore hip hop, okay? When we first got together, all right? When we first got together, you know how the man is sitting at the head of the table, oh. nigga. <laughs> oh. Monique was the man. Oh. I had to earn that spot. Okay. I earned that spot, okay? I didn't just go sitting at the head of the table because she's looking at me like, nigga, you're going to have to knock me off the, the mountain top to do that. And. Through time, through conversation, through the realization that, listen, we a team. I ain't trying to be your boss. And here's the reality. You're not trying to be mine, but at times we are each other's boss. Sometimes we are each other's parents. Sometimes we each other's kids as well as each other's lovers. Sometimes we might break into our own house to see each other late at night. This happens. It can happen. But like we said, when the police come, when you naked, they know y'all was just playing. Okay. (laughs) So at the end of the day, it's one of those things that you begin to say to yourself, there's a level of importance. There's a level of importance on uh, uh, communication that we fail to see because we think that's going to make us look weak, especially when you are a brother, a black man. Like, listen, people are under impression we only have to give flowers and we only nice when we want something. And we not, if we are gentle, when Monique and I first got together, I would say to her, listen, I'm going to need you to learn how to be treated like a lady. Oh, yes. I'm going to need you to learn how to be treated like a lady. Don't be so... I know you can get your own car door, but would you give me the privilege of getting it for you? Would that that upset you? Now, I know you might be mad for a little bit, but over time, I believe you'll be able to accept the fact that this thing that I'm extending called courtesy is really going to be beneficial for the long haul in our relationship. And by the way, since we've known each other since we were 14 years of age, you've gotten a chance to see me with a a lot of young ladies, (laughs) a lot of them. Okay, and I vice versa, a lot of young men with you. Okay, don't know. This is what it is. And I slept right underneath this woman next to me. So we, oh, you know, okay. Right underneath. Underneath. So it's like you ain't never known me to be the cat that mistreat individual. So expect to get good treatment as well. And then over time, because 
I initially married a man. I was initially no, in a homosexual Lord. relationship no. with this woman sitting no, to the next to me because she was a, a dude. That Sagittarian oh. ma- masculine spirit came out. But over time, it's interesting how not trying to fight, not trying to dominate, but just trying to reason can soften the hardest of the hard to a degree where they now softening the hardest of the hard in terms of other women, in terms of other women, uh, men that are out there. So at the end of the day, it's conversation. It's a commitment to it. It's understanding that we as people are wild. We are wild as human beings. So to be able to accept that the human beings that you are, we are wild and deficient of things and that the person that you're with may be deficient, but you can appreciate them still. Now you're on the right track. Now you're on the right track because at the end of the day, there ain't nobody's perfect. Nobody is perfect. But if you have that right individual that's perfect for you, you're winning all day long. You know, I think that had Sydney and I not gotten together we, the way we did, I would have probably been one of those women that would die lonely. Had a whole lot of men. I would have always had the company of somebody. But I would have been one of those women that would have died lonely with a bunch of shit. Because he's right. My personality was very masculine. It was very masculine. Because I felt like, but I told him this when I was 17 years old, I don't need nobody and I'm going to show them. And they're going to need me. So that is the mentality that I had for a very long time. So when Sid and I did get together, I was still very guarded. Like, listen, this my shit. I don't need nobody. Can't nobody tell me nothing. Can't nobody come in here and take nothing from me. This is all my shit. And not in stuff, just in this is what I built up and this is, and you can't, and it took somebody. And I see the brothers in here right now too saying man up. And man up doesn't mean raising your voice or balling up your fist. Man up means loving someone through it in the most gentlest, direct way. And I was loved through it. And I'm still being loved through it because I'm still wild as shit. I, I, listen, I can still put on my man hat and then my man got to let me know if you don't take off that goddamn kango. Right, because <laughs> when, cause oftentimes real men think that, that being a real man is that you raise your voice. If you are a general, you don't have to raise your mm. voice. It will be conveyed in a look. It'll be conveyed in a conversation. And you could be tough if you want to, but you're a bad man. You done beat your wife up, didn't you? You're a bad man. You done beat your girlfriend up. Not necessarily physically, but verbally, mentally. It's like at the end of the day, if you can have a conversation because, again, She's a Sag, that's fire. I'm a Libra, that's air. So the air is what allows the fire to go. And air is a lot, uh, which allows me to go too. So at the end, for us, we just look at it like this. If you can come together and work out your concerns day in and day out, it gets to a point where those conversations about concerns start falling by the wayside and you're having more conversations about how incredible life is if you're fortunate enough to be able to appreciate it in the midst of it happening. We're talking about it today, babies. Are you going to die lonely? 
And if you're answering that question to yourself right now with a question mark, what are the things you need to change so you don't have that question mark? You know, going into the nursing homes around the country, you see some of those elderly sisters who, from the moment they was dropped off, that was it. When those nurses say to me, Monique, from the moment they were dropped off, no one has ever been back to see them. Well, how long have they been here? For about 20 years. And can you imagine being dropped off somewhere and nobody comes back to see you? You have to ask yourself, did I have something to do with that? Well, the one lady that I questioned, and I'm sure I told you all this before, the one lady that I was questioning, who does she have any visitors? She told me, get the fuck away from her. Now, I wanted to go back and say to her, that's why I don't nobody come see your old ass. But I said, no, because it's going to be my turn. It's going to be my turn one day. But you have to say, <laughs> but, but you have to ask yourself, what is it about me that most people I encounter, I have a problem with? What is it about me that once I'm finished the encountering, they no longer want to deal with me? Is it always everybody else or do I need to look at me? Do I need to take some time out to say, I don't want to be in this game by myself, in this game called life? Because especially when you're, I'm not going to say especially because I don't want to separate it. When you're in business, period, and sometimes things can seem a little crazy and you have nobody to bounce shit off of, you can find yourself making decisions and choices that you know ain't the best decision or choice. But because you have nobody, you don't want to be outside the outsider not making the popular choice. So with so much to go into it, when you have to really sit down and ask yourself, do I want to go at this thing by myself? Do you? And what is it that I need to work on or change or to make it better? And yes, my husband has softened me. Yes, my husband has softened me to be a better wife, a better mother, a better friend, again, and not in raising his voice, in gently directing me and guiding me to him saying, do you think it's better if you handle it this way or that way? Now, we've had our Malcolm X, Betty Shabazz moment. We had it. We had it. Y'all remember that scene mm-hmm. in Malcolm X when Angela Bassett jumped up in Denzel's face and he told her, don't you ever. Raise your voice at me again. Well, I wanted to try it. <laughs> I wanted to try it and see how it was going to work. Now, I didn't know. I can't even remember what it was. Do you remember what it was over? No. I can't even remember what it was <laughs> over. I just know that in my mind, he wasn't saying what I wanted to hear. And this was like in the beginning, in the first couple years. Like, he wasn't saying what I wanted to hear. And something, the little voice inside of me jump up in his face. Because right now, you taught her going through all this right now. He ain't hearing you. So I went to jump up. And when I jumped up, y'all, we caught eyes. And the way that he looked at me said, you've made a mistake in jumping jumping up. And once we locked eyes, he said to me, don't you ever raise your voice like that to me. Because I'll never raise my voice like that to you. Well, y'all, in that moment, let me tell you something. I became about six, and I was like, Daddy, I'm sorry. Oh, what can I do? Now, normally, any other man, what? Who I'm raising my voice to, nigga, let's fight, because you now coming in my space. But I knew that look of was, do you know how much I love your simple ass? Right. You know what? You know, I... I honestly feel like it is wise 
for you to to admit that you just don't know. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you can be walking with a group of friends and you can be with either mother, church, or whatever, and you're with them because you haven't defined it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you pretty much just stay inside of it and just go along with it. Well, I think it's I think it's okay to divorce them or walk away, because if it's if it's not feeling right for you, mm-hmm. then go to another group and try to figure it out over here. Yes, mm-hmm. because yes. I think that was the the the, the thing that that really uh, allowed me to be able to be who I am today. Because earlier in my life, I used to sit down and say, "Well, right, you know, people are like why you ain't married." I was like, "I wouldn't want to marry me," because. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that it was a low self-esteem thing, <laughs> so self-esteem thing. It was like I couldn't define it. I couldn't define it clearly to say what a marriage was mm-hmm. because I I wasn't privileged to see a happy marriage. Mm-hmm. And that's Tommy, y'all. Okay, that's Tommy he at Iraq. Okay, <laughs> yeah, they're still the one one that's still looking for president. Come on, because <laughs> she's working on her first lady ship. <laughs> but I can honestly say now that I would love to marry me. Mm. I can honestly say that because now I have a definition. Now I got images. Now I know what it looks like. Now I know what it sounds like. Now I can be able to articulate and say, well, you know, I like these things. And this didn't work for me, but this works for me. But I just I really think that a lot of times that we can be inside of groups and in, in our environment and we might not agree, but we don't want to say nothing because we don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And could you help me? Just somebody. Could you show me? Just somebody. Just somebody. It's like, listen, when your man come pick you up, he always smell good, nice, he kisses you on your <laughs> cheek. What you doing to get that? Because my man don't get out the car. He blows the goddamn horn, and if I don't come out in 10 minutes, this nigga pulls off. So there's been times I had to catch the bus. Fucking with my man. Messing with him. So, right, and it's, but it's, you're right, it's like, why don't we just ask? Because that was one of my, one of my, um, I didn't like looking stupid. Yeah. Okay. I did not look like looking Mm -hmm. like I didn't know it. So Mm -hmm. I would almost go into this defense place of, I'm going to either get mad. Mm Or I'm going to shut all the way down because I didn't want to look stupid. And I think that that's why, going back to the topic, are you going to die lonely? Because of so many hang-ups that we have, we're too afraid to say, let me, let me put it all on the table. Let me tell you all of it. And if you still love me after this, God damn it, listen, let me give it my best because I done told you who I am, who I was, who I'm trying to be, who I used to be. I'm, I'm trying to tell you all my insecurities, everything. So that way, when you still say I love you, I know it's real. Because you ain't loving no secret. And be careful of who you deal with in your life based upon where you are in your life. Because to have this same conversation with individuals that are devout, I'm doing my own thing. I'm not trying to be in a relationship. They're going to provide you with that same information as opposed to someone that's been in a long-term relationship and what you are flustered about. They looking at you calmly because they're saying, you know what? That's a part of this relationship. (laughs) Mr. Mm -hmm. Irvin and I, okay. We've been together for 50 years, but you, you, you do realize that we've had our moments too. 
See, I remember Mr. Irvin then walked in because that, that's how they do when they old school. They call that man Mr. Irvin, mm -hmm. okay, Mr. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Irvin, he was messing around with that whole cake down the street. Okay. Mm. <laughs> uh, uh, Miss Tangy down there. But wasn't she over the house the other day? Well, we forgot all about that shit. That was years ago. Now, we good friends now. But he was down there with that hoe and running around doing what he wasn't supposed to do. We worked it all out. It's like if you hear the stories of people that spent time together, people are under the illusion it's because it was perfect. There was never a problem. You always got along. It was no. What was perfect was your attitude and commitment towards relationships. Mm -hmm. And that you're saying to one another, as you look at each other, I'm not going to let you go. You're not going to let me go. I'm not going to let you go. Because based upon what I've seen in you, you have the core ethics of the type of human being that I could live the duration of my life with. And to leave, it would be a mistake mm. that we would both uh, uh, regret. If you can look into the eyes of the individual that you're with and feel that way and you've not said it, somebody come on to the front of the congregation <laughs> and somebody say to your mate what I'm telling you, which is show your appreciation for them. And then here's what becomes crazy. And all of a sudden they start showing their appreciation back. And then it becomes a transferal of appreciation that you can't help but appreciate. You know, I was having a conversation with Omar Epps the night of the uh, premiere and at the after party. And he said something so beautiful about he and his wife. And we were talking about, you know, being married and what it meant. And he said, you know, me and my wife had a conversation some time ago. And we said, we ain't getting divorced. We ain't splitting up. That is not an option. He said, and when we both said that to each other, it made us argue different. Like, we don't even argue. Like, we still have our disagreements, but we know splitting up ain't an option. So we're going to cuss each other out. We're going to walk around here being mad. We're going to be disrespectful because it's not an option. And if we go into it saying it's not an option, and I can be an immature ass at times and get to getting crazy, and Sid be looking at me like, bitch, listen, what I don't have time for is that. Well, you're not trying to hear me. Like, right. Monique could become a white woman. Yeah, I will do it. <laughs> I will. You're not trying to hear me. And no one is understanding me right now. Yes. The kids aren't respecting me. She wanted to step in wild all of a sudden. <laughs> At Honey said, how do you get past two uh, extramarital affairs or two affairs? <laughs> how do you get past it? Let me tell her. Tell them. <laughs> get past it. Get past it. I was thinking. That's how you words. get past it. You get past it. And and here's the thing. We we bought into other people's ideas of what we should be and how it should be. And when Sydney and I said open marriage, people lost their mind because they said, How could you do that? And then most relationships end in divorce because of infidelity. Because people were just being human. And there's a couple things that I would say. Did those extramarital, extramarital affairs have anything to do with you? Did it have anything to do with you? Is it that you're trying to get past it or is he trying to get past it? But did it have anything to do with you? Have you asked yourself, did I have anything to do with that? 
Was I giving my best effort? Was I doing all I needed to do? Let me and my man sit down and have a real open and honest conversation. And if my man says some real shit to me, you know why I slept with Brenda? Because she sucks my dick. You know why I slept with Brenda? Because she makes me feel like a man. You know why I slept with Brenda? Because every time I see her, she look good and she smell pretty. You know why I slept with Brenda? Because she ain't coming with a whole lot of goddamn complaints. Every time I come home, you look like you don't give a goddamn. When I do say, can you suck my dick? You look as if I've said I'm getting ready to rape you. When I say what we having for dinner, you're looking at my face. So you have to ask yourself those questions to say, what part did I play in that? Now, some of y'all could say, listen, I did all the shit. I exfoliated my body. I cooked all the proper meals. I did everything. He just wanted to go out and fuck somebody else. Does it mean he loves you any less? Did you go out and fuck somebody else? Does it mean you love your man any less? So when you say, how do you get past it? It's some simple words. You get past it, but you also have to have the conversations. Be unafraid to say, I'm feeling this way right now. And because I'm, fe- I'm, I'm going through some insecurities right now because I remember when X, Y, and Z happened, and I'm dealing with something right now. Can we talk through this? Can we deal with this? But what we don't want to keep doing, man or woman, if you've forgiven it, if you've forgiven it, what can be damaging is when we bring it back up as if it just happened mm-hmm. and you never had the conversation about forgiveness. And there's no one rule applicable to every situation. So when you say just get over it, you've got to also analyze the specifics of your situation, not just what your part was, but what his part was, because there may be a situation where he's not worthy of that forgiveness at that time because you feel like, if this is the thing that's going to bring our relationship to an end and you saying this is what you're going to do and I'm saying this is what I don't want you to do, then you're obviously on two separate pages. So you got to determine it for yourself because as we sitting here and we're saying kumbaya, this is something that is specific in and to your relationship. This is where the work comes in. This is not going to be something that's easy to be uh, uh, thought out. Based upon someone else's relationship, you know what your guy was when you met him. You know what your girl was when you met him. You know how it's gone. And if this was a mishap that you can appreciate your part and their part, and you do say, I forgive you, because at the end of the day, you know that she loves you or you know that he loves you because it can go either way, then what are you thinking about? If you're saying to yourself, I spend when this individual is not working or whatever, we spend the majority of the time together. And this person went out. When did they even have time to do that? But they did it. What really is this woman giving him or what is this man giving her besides the Disney? Okay. Okay. <laughs> and besides that, Pause. okay. <laughs> Is it more than what you're giving? Because if it's not, then that may be a reason when you say, how do we get this thing under control? How do we make it so this works for everybody? But again, it all goes back to having a conversation. So when you say, how do you get over it? That's that question that you have to figure out because Mm -hmm. what we can't be is the people that give you the answer to the specifics of your problems because these concerns are not cookie cutter uh, uh, concerns that have a cookie cutter answer. 
it relies on work. So whenever you hear people saying, I can show you, I can teach you, I can give you the way, you be nervous. Mm. You be nervous. We can have the conversation with you, but you are going to provide you with the answer because you are the one that needs to analyze your own situation. Go ahead, Paula. Yeah, briefly, I just want to say, um, if you are um, in a situation with your mate or whatever, and the two of you have decided that you are in this forever, and forever means when when one of you take your last breath, Mm -hmm. you know, you decide how to get to forever together and what's actually going to work for you two together if if infidelity happens you don't know how to deal with it until it actually happens but if you've decided listen we're going to do this until the wheels fall off until you go or i go or we go together whatever it's going to take for the two of you to get there together it's that mentality that we stop like we don't we don't have a choice there's no walking away if you gotta go sit down in the car for a minute smoke a cigarette do what you gotta do to get yourself together go throw something outside, that's what you need to do. But we're going to get through it, not past it, not over it. We're going to go on and get through it. And then if the situation arises again, then we know how to deal with it. We, we know how to deal with it better, and it won't be such a tough thing where you can't come up and say, okay, listen, I know what happened the last time, but this is what happened. But you have that in your mind that this is forever. This is the rest of my life. And how do you want to spend the rest of your life? Do you want to spend the rest of your life bitter and mad all the time? Or do you want to spend the rest of your life in some type of bliss and love and knowing that this is my partner right here and we're going to go to the mat for each other, with each other, together, regardless. Nothing can come between it. We've made up our minds that this is where we're going to be. And, and, and with that in mind, even when you're angry, angry, it's temporary. It's not. It's not forever. So, you know, you gotta decide. If you're lucky, because there's some mm. people that can hold on to a grudge. They like still they, well, they, yeah. They, they I mean, st- I understand it. So then, that's there forever. You right. know, that's how they want to spend their forever. Then, but if this is your partner, your love partner, your life partner, you know, then it, it's it's a it's a state of mind. It's a decision. And I I, I missed that little handle, but. They were posing the question, so what am I supposed to do? Just let him do his thing. And I sit there and accept it just to be in a relationship. It's almost Go like, fuck a couple niggas and make you feel better. Okay. No, I'm messing with you. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> <laughs> you, think you deal with it? That's advice from Aunt May. I heard that. It's the equivalent of listen to your heart. Listen to and look at the relationship that you're in. If you feel that it's not worthy to be in, then it's not worthy to yes. be in. And you've yeah. got to make that move. No one from the outside can tell you that it is and it make it mean more to you than what it means to you. They can share with you what they see from the outside. And if it's really what it is when you reflect about it on the inside, then you may make some adjustments, some allotments. You may overlook some things. You may say to yourself, well, he sure did overlook that time that I had <laughs> fucked his brother. Wait, so, wait you know what? Uh, we might we might be able to get past <laughs> right. this situation Real because talk. things like that happen. Yes. So it's he one sure of those, did overlook <laughs> that his son is his nephew. Right. Well, okay. Yeah, now, now you know how are we going to do that? Now how are we going to get past this? Real but talk. I got sons with you and my brother does too. Okay. <laughs> 
so I can't escape you. So we're going to have to deal with this. Uncle Dad. But the, the thing is, he don't like to take his kids, so I act like he mine too. Okay? <laughs> but we're going to work it out somehow, some way. <laughs> we talked about it today, and, 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 and <laughs> it covered a lot of things because to ask yourself, are you going to die lonely? And then under that umbrella comes a lot of things. What would be some of the reasons why? I would die lonely. And someone said earlier that everyone dies by themselves. You're absolutely right. You take your last breath by yourself. However, I can only speak for me humbly. If I should go be for my husband, I would love for him to be holding my hand. And we eye to eye. And I'm saying, Daddy, I see you on the other side if it works out that way. So, yeah, I'm going to take that last breath by myself. But what a sweet thought to be taking it. And you have the love of your life saying, it's all right. Mm-hmm. Or you got a nurse saying, all right, baby, well, listen. It's been live. And to your point, to be able to take away the memories, because oftentimes you hear people say their life flashes before their face. And they start seeing the people that matter to them before they go. They don't talk about the Bentley, the Jour or Azure, or the Ferrari, or that check, or that house that they're leaving behind. It's the relationships that matter the most. So what are you doing as it pertains to your relationships so you won't die alone? Even if you don't have a significant other for whatever reason— you can still have friends. Yes. You can still have, like Robin said earlier, girlfriends, your homeboys or whatever. But you have people around you that love you and they care about you. And you're not leaving this world empty handed, if you will. I can't stand this living all Alone. You gonna do it like that? Maybe I was. That was our theme song, though. Okay. That was Phyllis Hyman. Okay. I didn't. Okay, okay. baby. All right. I, I wanted to drop it like that. You dropped it. So listen, my sweet brothers. Somebody and pick it up. I, <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, don't, you don't come back with that line. My though, bad. Because that's gonna prompt me to sing another verse. Okay, then we just pretend that didn't happen. I didn't say it. <laughs> Take it on back. Okay. So we want to thank y'all for listening to this show today. And, you know, we're always excited because, again, we don't believe that we're unique in our thoughts. And we believe sometimes it just takes the real open and honest conversation for you to be courageous enough to say, you know what, God damn it, I think the same way. Mm-hmm. Or I never even considered to think that way. Mm-hmm. So that's why we do Monique and Sydney's open relationship to continue to keep us open. So we want to thank y'all. We want to make sure we let y'all know about December 30th, the New Year's Eve Eve comedy show at the Houston Arena Theater, the round stage. If you don't have your tickets, you better get your tickets. Get them. My name is Monique. And I'm Sydney. And like my daddy always says, the mind is like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. We love y'all. For free. Mwah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.